0: I've tasted and seen Of the sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free And my shame is experience the glory of your goodness, let us become homeless.
1: As we take this time to, uh, to pray, uh, you know, you are welcome to come to the altar, and you can pray here at the altar, or you can stay there. I would ask that you would remember Diane Harrelson, um, her niece's husband, uh, crossed over the center line earlier this morning and ran into a, uh, into a dump truck and uh, was killed instantly. So we need to remember her and remember that family Um, Her sister has been going through a tremendous amount, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, we need to lift them up in your prayers We prayed last night for pug, but she goes into surgery tomorrow morning at 730 So we need to lift her up, uh, you know tonight, uh, you know as we're here I know that there are others that have family situations and family things that needs to be lifted up in prayer but we are in the presence of Almighty God And he hears our hearts and he knows our words. But he still likes to hear from us. So we'll take a little bit to give you opportunity to come to the altar if you would like. Father, we do thank you so much for being with us this evening. Your presence is felt here in this place. God, we know that you hear our hearts and our cries. But God, as we speak these requests to you right now, dear Lord, I pray that you would be with Diane. Thank God that you would be with her sister and her family, God, that you would just minister to them, dear Lord, in the way that they need it. God, I pray that you would be with Booger and Pug. God, I pray that you would fill them with confidence, dear Lord. Confidence in you, God, that you have all of this under control. God, we thank you so much for all the things that you have done for us. But God, we thank you for the things that you're going to do. God, I pray that you would be with AC, dear Lord, that you would strengthen him. And God, that you would hide him behind your cross. God that the words that are spoken this evening Are the words that you need for us to hear God I pray that you would open up Our hearts God that we would hear The words that you need for us to hear Oh dear Heavenly Father I pray God That you would Begin to transform us even more And more God that you would lead us And that you would guide us God I pray Lord tonight that you would never take The hunger away from us God, that each and every one that is here would continue to hunger to know you more and more. dear Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: What a beautiful, beautiful job. I'm reminded of a general superintendent we had by the name of Earl Wilson for the Wesleyan Church. And as he was preaching, he was using the scripture, there's none righteous, no, not one, right? And our righteousness is as filthy rags, right? You got that picture in scripture, and, but he turned around and he said, but you're not so bad off that God can't do something with you. Aren't you glad for that? That God didn't look at you and I and say, y'all are a total waste and disregard us. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the day in camp meeting. <laughs> I was a camp meeting baby. Most of y'all went home, I bet, when you were born and from the hospital, wherever it was. Maybe some, I'm telling on myself, some of y'all may have already been at home when you were born. I don't know. But you went home. When I was born back In August the 9th, 1971, I got to come home from the hospital, but mom and dad didn't take me home. I went to camp meeting. And so that was my upbringing. That was Peggy's upbringing. I know y'all are waiting on the Peggy story, and I'm going to give you one in just a little bit. But that was our upbringing. And the times that we spent around the altar in that tabernacle, working our salvation out, working those things out. I'm glad that I made that choice and I nailed it down. Yes, Lord, not only do I believe in you and confess your name, but I accept the gracious gift of love. That you have extended to me, and I will worship you in response, right? For what God has done for each and every one of us. I'm glad that I knelt at the cross and I gave my heart to Jesus. down there for cleansing for sin i cried and there to my heart was the blood applied in glory to his name so rich and free cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet would you plunge in today and be made come Would you take your scripture, turn to Isaiah 6. It's probably one of the most familiar, most famous uh, passages of scripture. I'm going to come down here with y'all if that's all right. Come on down. Isaiah 6. We've been talking, last night we began revival services with, talking of the presence of God and how that itself is an experience of preparation, that we have a part in this relationship with God, that we would praise Him and bring Him just unbridled thankfulness and praise, that we would um, just extend fully and wholly sacrifice everything to him. We call that sanctification for those of you who have been in the church for a long time. Maybe we'll hit that here in a little bit. Giving your heart to the Lord fully, every corner, every crevice of yourself to the Lord. Sacrificing to him whatever that might be. So praising him, sacrificing him. Can somebody tell me the last thing? I'm going to put you on the spot. Prayer. And Maybe we learned a little bit more about prayer last night and we're challenged not to use God as our personal genie, you know, because that's what we often do. Lord, you align yourself up with my will and what I need And my wishes when prayer is for you and I to align with his will. It's a little bit different when we're talking that way. It's a little bit harder because we have to swallow some things when we give God that control in our lives. I want to continue that thought being in the presence of of God. But I want to look at Isaiah and his experience when he was in ministering in the temple. And it's Isaiah 6. I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. You've been sitting for a minute. Let's stand and, and um, get my glasses out. My eyes just are not as strong as they used to be. Verses. 1 through 8. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a holy or a lofty throne. And the train of the robe filled the temple. Hovering around him were mighty seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with the remaining two they flew in a great course, they sang, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. The glorious singing shook the temple of, to its foundations, and the entire sanctuary was filled with smoke. Then I said, My destruction is sealed. For I am a sinful man and a member of a sinful race. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew over to the altar and he picked up a burning coal with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to my people? Who will go out for us? And I said, Lord, I'll go. Send me. Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, again, we just ask for your blessings tonight. Lord, would you renew our minds and our spirits once again? Would you draw us closer to you would you challenge us in a way that you've never challenged us before may we have woken up this evening in a way that we've never woken up before would you grab hold of our minds our ears our eyes and our hearts tonight in Christ Jesus name we pray and ask these things amen you may be seated Isaiah, if you read the scripture before that, you would understand that Isaiah was troubled at the death of Uzziah the king, and it consumed his life in such a way that he became disoriented to the heavenly king. Has that ever happened to you? You get so... Focused on life and what is going on that you lose sight of God the Father. Jesus the Son that we sang about, the Holy Spirit, the three in one. And we get so consumed in life with situations and things going around us. Um, right right up, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but it was on the news first thing this morning there in Matthews, a school shooting happened. Did you hear that this morning? And it wasn't just, uh, what, a few days ago that a Jewish synagogue there up north was uh, a gunman went in and opened fire up. And sometimes those things, we get so consumed with all of those things, and we just want to take and we want to grab our family members and our friends and get them under one roof and lock them down tight. You know what I mean? And we get so overwhelmed and we get consumed with all of the adversities of life that we forget that the Lord is near, that he is real, that he is present with us. We're talking about the presence of God. Well, Isaiah will teach us that it is an experience of purity. Purity. It's an experience of purity. God's presence was evident in the place described by the smoke that filled the temple. God showed up. And what a wonderful, wonderful blessing. I think there's three things. Maybe there's some more, but let's just tackle three things this evening. That Isaiah became aware of in the life of purity as he was in the presence of God. Maybe you can identify with one of these things tonight. The first being this. The need for his life to be cleansed. Be cleansed of what? Sin. I saw the Lord seated on that lofty throne. And out of that experience, he immediately saw his sin. He saw where he was truly at in his relationship with the Lord. And he says, I'm undone, I'm unclean. Lord, I got to confess this to you. First John 3, 6, if you want to turn there and look at that verse of scriptures, There are two things that we find out about sin. Now, we often would say sin are things that we ought not do, right? We understand that in Scripture, sin is defined as things that we ought not do. But Scripture also defines us as things we don't do that we ought to do. Have you ever thought of that? And this is where my Peggy story comes in. There's five of us in our family. There's a brother, older brother, and a younger brother for her that's in between her and I. And then we have two older sisters. And I'm the baby, I'm the youngest. And out of my family, all four of them spoke into my life whether I wanted it or not. They showed me things that I ought not do, and I learned from their example, right? And when mom and dad sat them down and, and, and proceeded to, to discuss what they had done wrong, I learned that pretty quick. Okay, I'm not going to do that. That is not right. But then there were times they would remind me of things that I needed to do, but I failed not to. And this particular occasion, I don't know, I I think I was junior high, maybe something like that, and Peggy was still at home, and uh, we were headed somewhere, and uh, I just naturally went up to the door, and I opened the door, and I stepped right through. And it was a couple of moments after I woke up, I picked myself up off the sidewalk, thinking, what in the world just happened? And she, I said, Peggy, what are you doing? And she said, get up. She said, you need to open the door for a lady. <laughs> now, don't ever do that again. You failed to do what you ought to do. So I have opened the door for a lady ever since, and I'm not kidding. It's surprising the responses that you get when you open the door for, for anyone, much less uh, a woman. You know what I mean. But sin is that. It, it. Sure, it's the list of the don'ts. But sin in the scripture reminds us, look, if you see somebody in need and you don't Go take care of the need. Guess what, guys? We failed. It's sin. We struggle with that. I understand that. But there's a couple of things that 1 John chapter 3 and verse 6. Do we have that scripture? I can't remember if I put it up there or not. Maybe not two things i'll read it in a different version will you'll pick this up the first is this with that scripture regardless of what we think or say our spiritual condition is a lifestyle of sin shows us that we are not walking in the power of the holy spirit did you hear what i said the lifestyle of sin proves that we are not walking In the power of the Holy Spirit. As believers in Jesus Christ. We cannot persist. Continue in our sin. The second thing is this. We've got to understand about sin. If we do not hate sin as God does. Then we have not taken a close enough look at God. Because God detests sin. And if we keep justifying, then we really haven't understood who God is. Because we like to do that, don't we? Well, this is okay. And we'll continue in our sin. The message version reads this. I just like how it says. None of those who do practice sin have taken a good look at Christ. They've got him all backwards backwards if we continue and persist in our sin the lifestyle is what we're talking about no i'm not saying perfection but i am saying we ought to be sinning less right as we grow in our relationship with god now track this with me i heard this earlier this week and it just made all the sense uh, more sense for me but as we grow in our relationship with God and we mature in our walk with Him then we ought not to be struggling with we, with things that we struggled with from day one but also as we mature in our relationship like Isaiah what happens we're more aware of our sins. Come on. We're more aware. We know a little bit more what it is. And we know sometimes it is not a mistake, church. And as we have the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, and He is guiding and directing us away from those kinds of things, we are made aware more of our sin. We start scrutinizing ourselves a little bit more. And that's a good thing. Because again, we're aligning ourselves with God. And this is exactly what happens to Isaiah, guys. He's a preacher. Come on. He's serving in the temple. He is in the presence of God. And the first thing he says is, whoa, wait a minute. I am a man unclean. I am not worthy of the presence of God. And like the scripture said, the seraphs came over, the angels came over, the cher- cherubs, they came over and they touched his tongue with the coal so his sin could be atoned for. And thinking of the sin. When we first become a believer in Jesus Christ, we want to ask for forgiveness and we want to confess, right? We need to confess. Yes, that's a mistake. That's a wrong doing. But remember that confession is only confession. Because if we let it, we can still live a life unchanged. Oh yeah, I screwed up. No big deal. I was encouraged to sow my wild oats in college. I, that's okay. Uh, my kids, go, go go ahead, go go ahead and do that. You you take some time and that's okay. It's wrong, but it's it's okay. It takes more than confession, church. It's repentance. It's stopping. You see the wrong and you stop it and you turn the other direction. It's the turning of the heart and the mind away from Satan to the Lord, you see and as we begin even in the life of sanctification and i don't know some people have experienced and said that they've been saved and sanctified at the same time that wasn't my experience i'm not sure what your experience may have been but i know that there were two points when i quit messing with my sins And I came to a place where I had to deal with the reason I was sinning, which was the fallen man in me. And that's what the life of sanctification does. You start saying, well, it's not just the things. It's the reason why. And Lord, I'm going to completely surrender it to you. And so you have Isaiah being found in the presence of God. Seeing his sin for what it was. Confessing it. Asking for a cleansing. Stopping repenting of it. Turning towards the Lord. And isn't it interesting? Isn't this fitting? What happens right after this happens and the cherubs come and they touch his tongue with the coals? Isn't this great there around verse 8? Do you see what happens? He begins hearing things he's never heard before. Uh, he he understood God a whole lot more clear if he had ever heard him before that day. Now he knows he heard God Almighty. He started hearing heavenly chatter, and it piques his interest. This is interesting about some hearing loss. 48 million Americans have a significant hearing loss. I'm one of the 48 million. I know Peggy is the second. In fact, if you want a funny conversation, you sit us down anywhere. My right ear is gone and her left ear is gone. And when we're sitting on that side of each other, we can't hear Jack. We will come up with the conversations that y'all would not believe. Who did what? 48 million Americans, significant hearing loss. It doesn't take long for your hearing to go. I was a bus driver, and I do that on the side. I've, I've uh, driven bus a long time, and a lot of students and um I kept hearing hearing this music in the background and I kept fussing at the kids. Turn your music off because they would play it without their earphones. And I didn't care if they had their earphones on, but I did not want to be distracted. I wanted to be able to hear sirens or whatever it was I needed to hear. Y'all cut that stuff off. And they would just look at me like I was crazy. What are you talking about? Well, I'm hearing something. What is going on? And here it was a young man right behind me with his earphones on, and I could hear the music coming out of those earphones as if I'm talking to you right now. That's how clear it was. Those kinds of things will help you lose your hearing. Those aren't good things. Noise is one of the leading causes of hearing loss. People wait on the average of seven years before they start recognizing and admitting that they don't hear as well as they used to. One out of three people over the age of 65 have some degree of hearing loss. Two out of every three people over 75 have hearing loss. There's two types of hearing loss. You have the hearing loss that deals with the structure of the ear, those bones and those eardrums, and and it it's it's um, it has to do with the that outer part of the ear and, and how those vibrations go into that ear and things bounce around so that you can hear, and that's where my hearing loss comes from. I have I I had trouble. I we were up in South Dakota. We were pastoring a Wesleyan church up there in Aberdeen. We were 30 miles south of the North Dakota boulder and a uh, border and i'll tell you it was cold 40 degrees below zero was the average temperature for the winter and as our son that was here the other uh just last night would say dad it snows up here 13 months out of the year <laughs> when you shoveled the snow you made sure that's where you wanted it because that's where it was going to be come may springtime when it would begin to melt because you weren't going to move it again. I had gotten sick. I wasn't feeling very well. But when I would blow my nose, now this is weird, guys, I would blow my nose, it would shoot out my ear. That was not a cool trick. I went to the doctor and I said, Doc, what's up? He said, let me look at that ear. And he started looking at that ear. You had surgery when you were young, didn't you? Yes, sir, I did. He told me what they did. He said, let me look at that ear again. And he's digging around down in that ear. He said, well, here's the problem right here. You don't have an eardrum. It's about all but gone. Well, I didn't realize that the eardrum evidently is kind of like a stopper so that that stuff comes out your nose and not your ear. The other kind of hearing loss deals with nerve damage and the information getting to the brain. And obviously, Isaiah had some hearing problems. And I bet you and I have hearing problems too, just not physically. But spiritually too. When we're communicating with God and we can't hear his voice. And again, we get so wrapped up in life that we, uh, I, I don't want to say it, but sometimes we even forget that he is present in life and we can't hear him. Well, Isaiah heard that day, but he had to take care of the sin first. And then he had no problem. Heaven's chatter. What did he hear? Whom will go for us? We have a message to send to the people. Who's going to go? Who's going to do this? So not only did Isaiah see the need to be cleansed from his sin, See the need to hear God clearly as he was hearing him right now. But he also from his answer, well, I'm right here, God, send me. Now, if I ask Pastor John, how many of y'all do that when he comes along? Hey, I need your help. Let me go pray about it first. Uh, Let me take care of some other things first. I got some ball games to attend. I've got, I just got stuff to do, Pastor John. And immediately Isaiah, Lord, I'm right here. You just can't see me any plainer. God, I'm right here. Send me. He saw the need to join in God's work not my work not in what he was doing at the temple but in God's work he didn't have the excuses He just simply said, here I am, Lord, send me. Even if you read further, you'll find out that this message that Isaiah had to speak to the people was not a popular message. In fact, God said, Isaiah, they're not even going to listen to you. They're not going to hear you. They're not going to care. And in fact, I'm going to wear this nation down to a stump. Because they're just that obstinate. But I need you to preach the message. Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me. The punctuation makes all the difference in the world. The exclamation point, here I am. It wasn't a shy, okay, God, if you can't find somebody else. You think of Abraham when the Lord told him to go somewhere else. And Abraham packed up his families and his belongings, and he went straightway. How about Jonah? Now, Jonah was another story, wasn't he? Jonah heard God's voice. Jonah's prayer was not aligning with his will to god's will because these people in nineveh were were just abusing his hometown people and he was not going to put up with it and lord they're not worthy of the gospel they don't need to hear the gospel and i'm headed the other direction i hear you plain as day but i'm not going They don't deserve your love. They don't deserve your grace, your mercy. I'm afraid to ask, how many of us do that to people all day long? Lord, they don't align with my beliefs. They don't align with how I think people should act. Uh, Those teenagers just are not worth it, God. I hope you do something else. Bring somebody else into their lives. Because that is one messed up group. These young millennials, Lord, I don't want to have my hands on them. I don't want to be responsible. We choose. We choose to have attitudes like that. God's knocking on our hearts. door. Watch it. Watch it. Isaiah says, Here I am, Lord, send me. And then we have the infamous passage where Jesus is ascending into heaven and he looks at the disciples and he says, go, or maybe even a better translation saying, as you go, as you are living life, as you are working, as you are growing your family, as life is just moving, make disciples. Make disciples. Go. Don't sit here. But go. Get busy. The life that Isaiah had committed to the Lord was notable to be a priest. And if I'm clear on those priests, they didn't get to serve in the temple all the time. But when his number came up that day, he saw truly who he was before God and he knew he needed to repent of his sins. He heard God unmistakably that day. Who will go? Who are we going to send? And he immediately said, Lord, (laughs) I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'll get involved. Where do you find yourself this evening? Where do you find yourself? It's a violent storm that took out a tree and this tree was just pretty massive. I know up where we live that happens quite a bit. It doesn't take much wind or rain because it's so moist in the area here on the east coast that the trees don't get a a, a rooted system. It's not like out west. Um, If you see a tree out west, we, we live in Kansas right now for just for a year as interim pastors for a Wesleyan church. And when you see a tree in Kansas, somebody put it there. Here you have a clearing in the trees and there's a house. Well, there, if you see a tree, there's a house next to it. But this tree um, was taken down and it was a large, lofty tree. And as the ones that began to remove it from the roadway began to inspect the inside Here the tree was all but hollowed out, and all it took was the first termite to make its way through the bark and begin eating at the inside of that tree, and eventually that tree had no strength whatsoever to weather any storm. And I wonder if that's where some of us, even believers in Jesus Christ, are at. Life has just eaten away at us so harshly that when other things come in, we just have no strength and we haven't even tried to ask the Lord. And we know his presence is available to us to weather anything. We're dealing with unconfessed sin. Yes, even in the church. We for sure can't hear God clearly because we walk by people who need to hear about His love and His grace and His mercy daily. And we fail to extend a word of encouragement. Church, we, we remain sitting on the sidelines watching the game no matter our age when God has called us to be involved. I wonder if you would stand. Maybe, Robbie, would you come? and Courtney, come. And y'all just sing the chorus of that song again. I wonder if there's someone here tonight that is dealing with some unconfessed sin. This altar is open, and I would encourage you to come. Maybe there's some here tonight that um, you're just not hearing God clearly, and there's some things obstructing your hearing. You need to deal with those things tonight. Don't wait. And then maybe we need to get involved. Whatever that might be, whatever that might mean for you. Whether it's in the church or the community or whatever it might be, we just need to be involved. So I'm going to ask you to come and I'd love an opportunity to pray with you this evening as they sing this chorus.
4: and through the air. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be.
3: God, we thank you again for who you are. And Lord Jesus, I don't know if we had our Isaiah experience, but Lord, um, you continue to help us work out our salvation. And Lord, to grow closer to you. Lord, it's way more than we ever thought it could be. And think it could be God and when we feel like we get a handle on something Lord you challenge us to even be our patient. God I pray that each and every one of us Lord would deal with our sin not only confessing it to you but God stop and repent whether it be attitudes Lord or words that come from our mouth that destroy rather than build up Lord, secret lives that we deal with behind closed doors, Lord God, that you would cleanse us from all sin, from all unrighteousness, Lord, that you would speak to us in a way that we know you are talking in. Lord, that we would begin to hear your voice in a new way. Maybe we haven't heard from you in, in a long time. And God, we're just less deprived and desolate because of the things of life that we've allowed to drown you out. So God, let us hear your voice. Lord, help us to get involved with your will, with your story, Lord God, with your purposes for our life, for the church, in the community that we live, with the people that we have influence with, God. Help us to be bold in proclaiming your word, extending your grace and mercy. draw us deeper, Lord God, in our lives with you. We thank you, holy God. We want to worship you. Lord, I feel like Jacob. We don't want to let you go. We want your blessing. So God, help us to work for it. To live our lives for you. Is worthy of the call you place in our lives. Christ Jesus, we pray and ask these things. Amen.